To sync this podcast to the episode, pause now and hit play right after the previously on. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Outlander podcast. I'm Matt Roberts, and uh, this is episode 509. Um, As you see, it was written by Shannon Fuel. And, um, yeah, this was, this was a big episode for us. It was really challenging is what it was. Um, some of the behind the scenes things we'll get into as we go. Um, but, uh, yeah, the challenge of, of finding Buffalo in the UK was, was, was tough on us to put this sequence together. Um, I think this was a, one of the most important episodes of the season when it comes to the story. And we had a lot going on. Um, the script, uh, when we were putting it together in the room, we knew that this was going to be a big turning point in the um, Jamie Roger storyline. Um, and uh, when when you... When you look at the arc of the season, you, you know you know that some stories have to feed other stories, and, and we knew that um, going forward that that they would kind of dove the Roger Jamie story would kind of dovetail right here, um, and uh, so we we knew it was going to be important, and we wanted to allow enough time in the schedule, the filming schedule, to spend a lot of time um, on those scenes. Uh, once again, we always run into um, um, light and, and uh, night and day issues, and we knew a lot of those scenes were going to take place at night. So we want to make sure there was enough time in the schedule to have uh, for Sam and Richard to really uh, dig into the performances. Um, this is a, a great little scene in the beginning of the episode um, to show... Uh, it shows a lot of comfort where everybody is. You know, the time we had to time jump quite a bit in this season, more so than almost any other season. Um, uh, you know, season one was fairly um, consistent. You know, we 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 didn't we didn't make massive jumps in, in years or months. Um, season one, two, three, and 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 really even four. Season five, we started to go. Okay, we need to. We need to make some leaps. Um, um, I like uh, parts parts of this scene that well, I actually like the whole scene, but parts of this scene really jump out is uh, when when um, Jamie comes in and how uncomfortable he feels uh, is. I mean, I think Sam really portrays it on his face uh, how, how uncomfortable he is to walk into his daughter's house. Um, <laughs> and see that uh, they're not dressed, and uh, uh, you know he catches them. He catches them out. I don't know who who feels more awkward, uh, Jamie or or Roger and Bree. Anyway, the balance. Um, I think one of the fun things to do uh, is to find the balance of the humor in in the show because there's so much humor in the books that. Um, you you want to portray, but humor is one of those things. What 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 you might think is funny, I might not, and what what um, a, a thousand or a million other people might think is is you know individually funny, someone else might. So 
what I laugh at in the books and what, you know, Meryl or Tony or any, you know, Shana who wrote this episode, you know, any one of the other writers, what they find really humorous in one section, um, you know, who knows, you know, I mean, Diana uh, is a very, you know, humorous person. So uh, I think all these, you know, she writes, she writes all the characters with a, a sense of um, wit and and getting that into these episodes to, to balance out the drama is very important for us. Um, so I think that scene was, was one of those. It starts off, it starts off an episode that we knew was going to get dark and go to a very dark place in the sense of, you know, Jamie gets you know bitten by a snake and he almost, you know, he goes, gets as close to death as possible. So, you know, to start it off um, with a little humor, it sets up the expectations. You go, wait, what is this going to be about? We can hopefully flip the expectations of the episode. Um, it's... And once again, this this part of the scene where Roger steps in, um, what we uh, imagine um, as a buffalo patty, um, it wasn't. Uh, but uh, that's our, our art department, props department. You know, they uh, uh, if you remember back in season three when they made all the the vomit and and uh, in episode uh, ten, um, they're 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 pretty good at doing that to vomit and and well things like that feces <laughs> anyway this this is a, a scene um we we worked you know uh, working with the director annie we wanted to make sure that we got right it was very once again challenging because the buffalo aren't there and uh we had to film this at different times you know we filmed uh sam and richard at one point and then um, the field, the, the field that you see exists, but, um, uh, we had to place the Buffalo in those seats. The, the, once again, our visual effects, uh, team really is a standout. That snake was not a real snake. It was a visual effects snake and then combined with a prop snake. So what, what Sam actually lifts up is a prop snake. But the moving snake with the hiss is visual effects. So we filmed that over um, different times to, to really um, make sure it looked authentic. Um, I think one of the best compliments um, John Neal, our, our visual effects supervisor, said um, someone came up to him and, and he said, how did you like the visual effects in, in a certain episode? And someone said, oh, I didn't, I didn't see any. And he said, thank you very much. And that's, that's his goal is to, for our, for our show, some, some other shows are built, to, you know, the, the, the sci-fi genres are built on special effects and, and you know they're there. For our show, not seeing the visual effects is, is the most important. So, um, you know, hats off and, and applause to that, that entire team. Um, we didn't really cut Jamie's leg that is a uh, a prosthetic that uh, makeup puts on and uh, we through prep we talk about you know how and how to build it how big and where it's going to go and 
Um, we had to change this slightly from the book because, you know, Jamie in, in our show wears such high boots and the leather. We, we were, we wanted to make sure that the snake's fangs got through and, and where <laughs> Roger had to suck the poison out. Uh, by the way, we don't recommend sucking the poison out of anybody's wounds. Um, times have changed and that's just not, um, a good practice. This, uh, so you know that snake head is m mounted in my office in Scotland. Um, I keep, uh, well, I don't keep, I, I keep, uh, curate, so to speak, um, some of the, some of the props from, uh, the past seasons. Um, when I finally get back to Scotland, I'll give you a, a video tour of all the, all the props and, and. Uh, curios that I have collected. Um, hopefully that soon. Hopefully everybody's safe and, and well um, during these uh, unprecedented times. Thankfully we have Outlander to keep us company. Um, the the um, sorry, start and stop there. We're just looking at the die. Um, we, you know, of course, we film almost always. We schedule um, more than we what we can, what we can actually show, and and um, we go. We do it on purpose in a way to give us the ability in editing to craft the best story for the television show, and. Um, we know that there are are tentpole moments. Uh, this this episode has quite a few, um, and we try to schedule out as much as that as possible. You know, to to make sure um, it's it's in the schedule. If we have to adjust other days to to make um, those tentpole moments fit, and later in the episode, you'll you'll see some of them. I think it was very important for the Jamie and Claire moments, you know, the deathbed scenes and, and, um, the moments in the surgery, um, where Jamie talks about his, uh, leg and he doesn't want Claire to cut it off. Uh, you know, you, you have to really give those moments time during the day to film. And not that, that other scenes are less important because they're not. They all tell the story. But some of them, the, you just you don't, you don't need as much time um, in, in, in setting up, in rehearsals, um, because I think the director and the, the cinematography, uh, DP, and the actors have a handle on it. And they know how they're going to, to come into it. They know how they're going to perform it. And, and it's going to be blocked. And it's going to be staged. So, but there's other scenes where they have to, you have to kind of let them breathe in the rehearsal. So you have to see where they're going to go and see how the performance are going to, to come about. So that's where you, you kind of block in more time um, uh, before you even start shooting. And then, and then sometimes the shooting takes longer than, than you, you, know, you think because of that. Um, also we time, you know, we have a timing 
So you can read a script and you get a basic time on the script. You think, okay, you know, it's 55 pages. It's going to take, you know, this scene's going to take five minutes to shoot and this scene's going to take, or not shoot, but it'll play out. Meaning there's a difference between shooting, um, you know, the famous line from Gone with the Wind is Atlanta burns. Well, that could take three weeks to shoot. But, um, you know, some things are described in the scripts that take, uh, take up very little time on screen. And then there are some other scenes that are two or three pages that take up, you know, 10 minutes on screen. So that's a balancing act that you have to do in the timing when you're, um, when you're trying to, to, to film. You're trying to, to set, you know, you're trying to put together all these pieces that um, you, you guesstimate when you start, we, we have a, we, we guess pretty, pretty good now in the sense of we're in the fifth season. So you can go, okay, the scene between, um, uh, Jamie and Claire, you know, on the page, it looks like it's going to take five minutes. It'll probably be eight minutes, you know, so you, you time it out and that gives us a running time, um, uh, when we start to film. And then, then you have the process of the editor's assembly, um, who they assemble the, 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 the footage as it comes in. We call them dailies. And um, you put those, you know, you put those, to, they put those together. And then the director comes in and they do their cut. And then you have a producer's cut and so on. Um, uh, just so you know, I think this is uh, fantastic prop work. That snake is actually um, salmon. Um, so you can see there. They put salmon and they, and they wrapped it in snake skin. And um, I don't know what they seasoned it with, but Sam seemed to really enjoy it. Um, excuse me, I'm going to take a drink. The nice thing about being sequestered at home is you can drink during the day and no one's around to judge you. So that is believe it or not, a Kirkland 22-year-old scotch. Um, uh, yes, from Costco. So, very tasty. Uh, I recommend it highly. Uh, so this is what we were talking about, the scenes with um, uh, Jamie and Roger uh, bringing their relationship um, to kind of a new frontier, um, no pun, in, in that you know, I think after Jamie, you know, nearly beat Roger to death and, you know, what happened to um, them at the end of season four, Jamie's maybe mistrust of Roger, not not just um, coming back immediately, pronouncing his love for, for Brianna, Um I don't think over the course of season five they've been at odds. I think they've just been um, a little disconnected, not quite connected the way they should be. Um, and this is that episode that really brings them together. I talk a lot in the writer's room about magnets um, and characters and magnets. And there are there are people that belong together. They just, you know, they, they're connected. Their magnetism connects them. Obviously, you know, Jamie and Claire are the perfect example. 
they're 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 actually one. Um, but but I think Jamie and and Roger are also connected, as well as, well as Jamie and, and Brianna. But in this episode, or through the season, sorry, they they've been magnets that have been flipped around, and they they want to connect. But you know that force that just that just they get close and then they kind of rub off each other. And but when you flip the magnets over, they just slap together and they're bonded. And I think that was, you know, this episode um, where sometimes it takes something devastating, something massive to bring two people together and to overlook the, the, the smaller things um, that have kept you apart. And I think this is that what we what we did was in it's, you know, quite a bit of this is from the book um like i said tent pole moments that we knew we were going to do snake bite um from uh, day one uh didn't know exactly where it was going to be when we first started breaking but then as the season started to unfold episode nine um it really fell into place after um rogers uh you know hanging and then his uh, kind of coming back to to life. This is also we've talked about quite a bit. Is Rogers talking and and it, uh, Richard, you know how to how to play his voice. And I think it's there's a there's a a hoarseness to it, but it's not uh, enough to where people can't understand him because we 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 thought um, in talking with Richard about this, it would be a struggle to carry on, you know, not talking throughout. Um, the, the rest of the episodes um there is there is a gap between um uh, episode eight and or ap- episode seven eight and nine there's there's months gap in between so um i don't like to get too specific with timelines but um the pregnancies usually uh, divulge that for us um well marcelise she's she's like a clock um Anyway, I love, I love these scenes. And once again, I was talking about uh, the nighttime scenes of it. Uh, we had to play these over um, a couple nights to get all this in. It's, it's quite a bit of page count. Um, even though it's two people, um, we've 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 talked about this on other podcasts. When you have five people or six people around a dinner table, that's a that's a long shoot that that could be two days just in getting all the coverage but when you have two people you can do more pages so if you have um an example we we did the dougal um claire uh, was a seven i think a seven and seven and a half page scene in the cave and and season one and we did that all in, in one day so seven and a half pages in a day is quite a large page count but since there were only two people in the scene, you can, uh, you, you, we, we knew we could manage it. Um, and this is one of those other things. We, this is another scene like that where the page count was quite large. But since it was two, um, two characters speaking intimately to each other um, and they're not moving, they're not moving around so the cameras can stay in, in, in the same location and just let the performers perform. And that's that way you can get, you know, much more dynamic performances and you're not worried about, you know, blocking, you know, if, if Roger was to get up and walk across the camp and then come back, that's a whole new lighting setup. And it takes, 
you know, that could take easily an hour just to set that up. So, um, you know, Annie blocked it in this way to where the two characters are sat next to each other and uh, essentially just let the performances um, come out naturally. And I think that um, it was a, a smart choice. Um, you know, the lighting by, by, by fire is, is brilliant as well. It creates a mood. It creates an intensity um, that, uh, that sometimes you don't get during the day. And that's what I really loved about this whole scene. So there's my two cents. I know that uh, it's worth about two cents. So, um, well, with inflation, maybe one. Uh, uh, we talked a lot about, sorry, uh, I was watching the scene there. You know, you can't blame me, can you? Uh, we talked a lot about what uh, Jamie's leg would look like as we go throughout the progression of, of uh, you know, the poisoning and the illness and how it, how it uh, reflects. This was actually, uh, going back, this was a scene we reshot at another time. Um, we felt like we needed to get these guys on the road um, out looking and we needed something to, you know, to spur it. And then the horses come back um, to where they're naturally fed every day. So um, Ian instantly knows something's wrong, and he gets out. Um, he gets out. I think one of the fun things about this, if there is anything fun about it, it was watching uh, Roger, uh, or watching Richard drag uh, Sam around on a sled. So that was... Uh, that's always uh, always fun. Um, not actually during the filming, during the rehearsals, when we had to test these things out um, to see if they worked and see, you know, you don't just get out there on the day and go, okay, this is the sled, see if it works. We test almost everything um, prior to getting out there. Some things are unexpected, of course they happen, but we, you know, most of the time test, 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 test. I think one of the things that um, we we test smoke a lot in the sense of, you know, you saw during episode six, um, way back in Presta Pans, we had smoke tests on a daily basis, is the problem with that is that the test can go perfectly on Wednesday and then you shoot on Friday and the wind changes directions and the smoke doesn't stay where you want it to. So that, those are the only tests I tend to uh, not go to. Um, but I love, seeing, I love things like this when we're testing out props to see if they work, syringes and, and sleds and, and uh, you know, devices to see um, how they're going to work, especially when our prop makers... Um, who are fantastic do it with authentic materials um sometimes of course we have to enhance so what sometimes you don't see is you know uh in the tents you know some of the tents are or have metal frames to stand up against the wind and you wouldn't see that but the ones that are on camera would have the wood and um it's uh it just it always amazes me with the things that they can come up with to um, just make things work. And, and that's, at the end of the day, um, that's our motto is let's make this work. 
Um, these scenes, these 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 epic shots that you're seeing, some are from we call them, you know, like I said last week, you know, stock shots um, from North Carolina, and others are uh, there are sections of of Scotland that look very much like North Carolina. So we kind of intercut those and mix and match and to to tell the the story of of, of travel sometimes. So this is one of those moments where we talked to Richard about how he probably couldn't project his voice. So screaming, he knew he would just do more harm. So he tries to get their attention, you know, in, in uh, a quiet wood. That, that, that banging would carry a long way. Those guys are really riding those horses. I love that our whole entire cast, you know, they get out and practice um they they i think they all love to to do it they practice riding um especially when they know they have big scenes but sometimes they you know they can go out and, and practice just um uh to feel comfortable because the the it's very important that uh the actors look comfortable on the horse as they're riding because this is their daily transportation you wouldn't you wouldn't look you know if someone was awkward getting into a car, you know you would notice it and I think that's you know important to them. Um, I remember in the very first season, we had uh, when we first started shooting, the uh, a lot of the actors weren't really comfortable riding horses and and we had some scenes, um, outtakes that were <laughs> were quite funny. But as the course of the, the first season went on, by episode five when we were in Rent, um, most most of the actors were so comfortable on the horses. They were friends with their own horses. And, and it really showed because Rent was um, night and day compared to, to uh, the first episode. Uh, this is what I was talking about with the progression of, of the, the wound and how it would go. Obviously, we have our Dr. Claire, our real Dr. Claire, who... Um, looks over everything and, and she is there in our prep meetings and um, we brought in a snake expert um, to talk about the wounds we talked about uh, the poisoning we talked about all this stuff in prep um, and we, we once again always try to get it as authentic as we possibly can without actually you know having Sam you know bitten by a cottonmouth Uh, I'm going to talk a little bit about um, the the buffalo. It's not we're not there yet, but I'll talk about the buffalo scene a little bit um, in the construction of it. So early on, I've, I've oftentimes said to our UK producers, you know, hey, we're going to need um, you know ships. We're going to need uh, uh, you know certain things that they don't you just don't have so we didn't have authentic ships in um the uk not not the four that we needed so we went down to south africa i mean that was the 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 idea it worked out perfectly for us that that uh, black sails who's uh, was a star show they were ending their season and the ships were available to us and their sets were, you know were available so we went down there. So this is an, another thing I put to them early on. I said, hey, we're going to need, 
you know, um, uh, buffalo, you know, you know, pretty good sized herd. And then that buffalo is going to, uh, you know, uh, come through Fraser's Ridge, Gore, Brianna, and the look on uh, Guy and Michael's face it was, it was priceless. Those are two pr the producers in the UK, and um, they thought I was joking. As I said, I was not joking. And then they went on the hunt, and we found a, a, a good sized, you know, buffalo farm. And um, it was in uh, England, so we we went down there and uh, scouts, and, and we sent the producers and the director or and the um, the DP, and you go down and you try to figure out a way of filming and uh, John Neal or visual effects because we knew visual effects was going to be massively important in putting this together. Um, uh, I'm going to get sidetracked here because of these scenes. So, um, I, lo I love that line. Uh, it's it's kind of the, the dynamic of their relationship that, uh, you know, he pays he pays such attention to like hey when you're when you're yelling at me I know everything's gonna be okay and when when you you're not uh, I get worried and I think that's maybe a lot of relationships are like that but not um, you know scold me like a mad pie I love that though uh, I love that that they have a balance in the relationship in the sense that they're they they it's almost like an un, unwritten un, unspoken agreement that you know one's allowed to feel something that could devastate the relationship at a time and and um if only one of them's feeling it then it, the relationship is always bound and, and connected and and you know that made a lot more sense in my my head than it did coming out. But trust me, it makes perfect sense. Um, uh, this is a scene we talked about um, in in if Claire promises not to like verbally just says, "Hey, I promise not to do that." Um, the next scene is hard to, to film in the sense of, you know, Claire's doesn't, you know, they made that agreement a long time ago. You know, we won't lie to each other. Um, we can have secrets, but not lies. And, and I think if she just blatantly promises, and by the way, promising things um, and, uh, you know, breaking promises is, is, is an important part of the, the story and the relationships going back to season season one when she promised to stay where she stay put and then and then she runs away and then um you know jamie jamie has to um, punish her and because of the guys but the highlanders he has to punish her for breaking that promise only later does he find out why she broke the promise but um you know she doesn't actually say it on camera there. So in the in later scene with Brianna, it's just so heartbreaking that we know she probably in her eyes 
said, I'm, I'll do what you w wish, but um, probably in her heart, she knew to, to save Jamie Frazier, she was going to cut his leg off. Um, uh, we know that uh, looking for maggots was always a, an issue. How do, you, how do you show looking for maggots? You're looking for dead things. So we, we wanted to give the actors something to do because standing walking around just looking for something dead is is not um well there's not a lot to do so we gave them the shovels and axes to cut through hollow logs and you know to pry logs to see if something um had died underneath there uh so they can they can look for you know look for corpses so to speak Uh, it's just a, for me, a pretty dynamic scene uh, between the two of them. They're, they're so together now and so, you know, bonded. But this thing that haunts them is Bonnet. And, and it, it almost is like their poison um, that, that gets through into their veins and they can't get them out. And um, they have to fight. They have to fight Bonnet off in, in their personal it's the he he is their personal poison anyway it kind of showed in that scene so in putting this uh, scene together maybe some of you have seen the behind the scenes stuff and how we did it and and how we put it together but that is not uh that buffalo is not really there no one was put in harm's way um and uh no buffalo were harmed in the filming of this uh so we had we had um, one of our crew put on a, a, a basically a buffalo cape and walk the walk here, go through so we could set up camera positions and uh, set up the stunt. And uh, then we built it out through visual effects and props. Um, and, um, you know, it's funny, we, we had watched this clip of a young girl getting thrown by a buffalo in Yellowstone Park. And we watched it over and over and over and over again to replicate it. And the funny thing is she, from the story, she got up and she was unharmed. And because we had a question about, well, how does Brianna get up? Well, one, uh, adrenaline. You know, she's a mother thinking that her daughter or her uh, son is in danger. So adrenaline would have been um, rushing through her. Uh, and, um, you know, just in stories of, of, um, you know, bullfighters getting thrown and then getting back up and having not been gored, um, which she wasn't, uh, that she would probably sore, but, um, no broken bones. I like this moment between them. There's a bonding there. Then the Brie notices that, Hey, maybe, maybe Da and, and, and Roger are getting closer Something happened out there in, in, 
in the back country and, and it brought them closer because that that little spark in, in Jamie's eyes and, and and Rogers could could really say um tell the story of 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 the bonding and I think it was nice to to capture Bree noticing that uh this is the scene I was talking about the later that that I think that the dilemma for Claire in this episode is massive um you know when you when you put a character through this kind of pressure is is drama is where you get the drama and you know in the books you know it's constantly there i think uh, i read some somebody saying why can't um or this was a question somebody asked me why can't the frasers just have a nice day and uh i always think to you know we don't have as much luxury as the books do in time but it's true we don't spend a lot of time on just the nice days in in the Frasier's world um because we have, we have the limited time i think we find we try to find the nice moments um like you like early on in this episode when when you know Jamie comes in and surprises uh Roger and Bree i think that's a fun moment i think it's a nice moment and it balances out the, you know, what's going on in this episode. Like this is this scene is, it's a heavy scene. It's it's really, you can see the pressure on Claire just through Katrina's eyes, um, the pulling at her, and and that is what's so great about um, the scene and and how it's portrayed. I mean, she's weighing, you know, what her life would be like with Jamie, what Jamie's life would be like if she had to do this thing to keep him alive, knowing who he is. Um, this moment coming up, um, talked a, a lot about in where Jamie was and where he is and what he says and how that would affect um, young Ian and Fergus. And, um, it you know, it would have an impact. He's saying I'm, I would be less of a person, less of a man if I didn't have my leg. And, and here's, you know, young Ian perfectly. You know, his father doesn't have a leg and, and, and Fergus doesn't have a hand. Um, you, you know, are very whole and real and, 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 and fantastic father. Ian was a fantastic father and, and Fergus is a, is the, you know, a solid guy and he has been partly, um, because of Jamie and, and how he was raised. So there's an irony there. Sorry, drinking. I, you may or may not have noticed, but this is the parlor of the big house. Across the hall um, is the dining room. And throughout the season, I asked Gary 
to progress the big house. Um, I didn't want it to be just done in the first episode. That's why there's a lot of work going on both inside and out. So the, the upstairs um, wasn't done. The rush to finish it, you know, of course, everybody um, who works on it wants to finish the big house and, and get it done and make it make it beautiful. But I wanted a progression, like the work was continuing over the course of many months and the upstairs isn't done. So we, there's still a bedroom in the, in, that's the kitchen that she came through the surgery into the kitchen and now she popped into the parlor. So I, I wanted to show that there's a progression and that Jamie's still working on it and still working on it and still working on it. Um... And so that's why the bedroom is uh, in the parlor right now. And they will, of course, um, eventually, hopefully, at some point during this season, move upstairs. Um, and just to spoiler, they do. You know, back in the early days, season three, uh, it was a great scene between these two, um, young Ian and, and, and Fergus. And um, surprisingly, we had, uh, in, in a way, less characters and more room. And now, now as the books grow um, in length and the families grow, um, we're, we're finding, you know, the story in, in the amount of space we have to, to tell. So you want to fit it all in. You, 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 know, original, you know, some of our early drafts of scripts are, you know, you get, the, you get them and you see all the scenes that we planned for. And then you look at a script and, and now you can instantly, you know, look at it and go, we can't film this in the amount of time we have. And then... You have to start making, um, um, unfortunately, you know, executive decisions on what what scenes go. But to me, you know, in episode eight last week, there was a scene with Young Ian and Marsley. It was such a powerful scene of place. It gave a, a real setting of who these characters were and, and some of the inner turmoils that they were going through. And I think this is one of those scenes that is really important to um, these characters, but also the story as a whole. Um, and so you, you write them, you hope that they, they, they live and breathe. Um, but, uh, oh, making television shows, fun, good times. That was my exasperation on all the tough decisions you have to make going through a season. Um, and they are tough. Just one of those moments you have that you kind of give over to um, the filming. You know, you put it in the hands of the actors and you say, hey, probably most people know that Jamie's not going to die here. But 
after you watch the scene, you know, after the first time I saw it, I was like, you know, I don't know. There's going to be people who've read the books and they might believe that he's going to die because of the performances. And I think that's what ultimately elevates, um, you know, that, that, that brings the books to life, that brings the show to life is that we, we, the ability to, um, you know, craft this in a way that, um, the people that know the story don't know what's coming and they're, they're breathless, they're crying, they're, they're heartbroken. Um, and I think that's a testimony to the way that, uh, we show the show, you know, that we portray it, that, uh, the way the actors, you know, perform it and the directors, you, you know, let, let the performances come out. So, um, you know, kudos to everybody involved. Once again, the dilemma for Claire is wife, doctor, you know, she's, she's both, but, you know, you can see that the doctoring's over and this is just a, a woman who loves a man and trying to keep him alive, doing anything she can. And, and that's what I think is the, the beauty of the story of, of, uh, Jamie and Claire is, um, at the heart of the matter, it's this, this bond, uh, that they have and, you know, not even, uh, death can separate them, not at time. Um, we've seen people try to separate them and that's kind of a joke that can never happen. You know, even, even mother nature with a hurricane tried to separate them and, and that she, you know, they weren't having that either. So, um, that's, you know, showing that, putting that on film is, is always, um, challenging for us, you know, and, and, uh, for the actors. And we discuss these things quite a bit, you know, we have meetings and we talk about how we're going to do this and how it's going to be portrayed and how it's going to be filmed. Um, it's, it's important to, uh, get that all out and, and, everybody's concerns and, and, uh, and then you get beautiful moments, you know, you get fantastic moments. Um, I think this is, you know, for me, you know, I, I, the thing about Alan Lander that's, I, that I've discovered over the years working on it, it's an individual thing, um, and talking to, to people and talking to the, you know, being in the writer's room, but, but talking to different, you know, crew and, and casts and directors and, um, fans and, in, in, you know, at, at different events and is what they take from it is so personal. And, you know, 
a book may have gotten them through a rough time in their life. Well, the show may be doing that now. And um, I think that's why making the show is very difficult or, or, or not difficult, challenging. Well, well, you know, difficult's not a bad word, is that it is so individual. And what what I take from it sometimes isn't what Tony takes from it or what Meryl or or Ron or Katrina or Sam, you know, everybody's taking something completely different from that scene. And that to me is what, what is so special about it. So you don't all feel the exact same feeling about every scene. And, but once again, you know, that makes it challenging. You know, the scene that someone's envisioned for 20 years either isn't what they envisioned or is it even even doesn't even make the show that you know that is in the, that's the challenge of, of of doing this and i think um we strive to create the same feeling whether whether we achieve it or not is up to the individual um <laughs> I love that, I suppose. Um, just uh, just for a setting, the surgery, as you can see, there's two double doors that go right into the kitchen, and this is set off. Um, we've had quite a few questions on the layout of the big house, and um, uh, those are real bricks, by the way, and, and thankfully we're showing them. Uh, Gary put bricks all through the surgery and, um, and the kitchen. Um, I like this little callback that she pours, um, the alcohol over the blade, just like Jamie did early, uh, earlier because he, he knows what she did. He knows it's important to So the conversation earlier when they were doing the dying about finding the place to be an engineer just to do it, um, the nice little callback here is that she she figured it out. Um, uh, she used her skills as an engineer to literally save her father. And um, uh, such a poignant moment. Uh, it's one of the reasons early on, if you notice that R R Richard picks up the, the snake head was so they had the fang. That was a prosthetic. We had a few made to show the progression of, of the wound. Um, Sam did not have to endure that. Um, shot, although he has endured shots throughout his um, uh, time with Claire, that wasn't that wasn't him. Love these drone shots. This is a real shot. This is a real house. This is a real smoke. It's no visual effects there.
again um, to kind of finish, not finish, but uh, show a new beginning in their relationship, a new bond uh, for Roger and um, Jamie. This scene for me is very important um, in the telling of that. There's something about, I think, people when they get comfortable that they can um, rib each other and 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 get the sarcasm, get the the underlying message that they might be um, teasing, but it's really love. And and I think that's what this has come to is that these two people have um, a mutual respect for each other and a bond and and, and a love a mutual love for each other that they're willing to risk each other's you know lives that that Jamie would take him and and that he would he would want to go knowing that he could possibly die out there um, meeting Bonnet and um Jamie knows how important it is for him to go with him um and I think that's uh <clears throat> where we might be heading um in the next episode but you know only time will tell you know any shot of adso is a good shot that's uh that's our motto in uh at Outlander um Rolo's uh pretty good uh, too we get more Oz from and when I say Oz it's like uh, from ADSO shots than we do from the Rolo shots. And uh, I'm not saying, um, you know, who's, who's a better actor, um, but uh, they're both kind of divas, just so you know. Uh, the, the Rolo and ADSO, not, uh, you know, Katrina and Sam. I know that's who was on screen when I said that. I think we go back to to moments like this, you know, in season two when Jamie has to send Claire away, and and you know, there there are moments when they part, and I think that's one of the things that we find um, that our show is different than than a lot of uh, shows and stories is the characters who fall in love normally get ripped apart, and they either do something dumb themselves to get ripped apart, you know, the, the miscommunication, um, the uh, common foil in rom-coms, um, or they're just with somebody else, you know, that, that kind of thing. But Or they just get ripped apart, and then they find getting them back together again is, is the source of the story. And... And we know that in Outlander, that's not the source of the story. The source of the story is them together and fighting through things, being a team. Um, and where one has weaknesses, that's where the other's strong. And, and we see that in this episode quite a bit is Claire's strength and love brings Jamie back and through. And there's oftentimes Jamie's strength and, and love brings Claire through. And um, I think that's the, the 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 fun of the story. I mean, the fun that makes you feel. And, you know, it's it's always fun to feel 
um, you know, have our emotional roller coasters that, that, that Outlander puts you through. And I think this episode is one of those where, you know, you have tears of joy, you have tears of sadness, you have tears of hope, you laugh out loud, you, you smile, you know, everything that is an emotional roller coaster, um, when we can cram that in an hour, um, and you look at the episode as a whole, um, you go, job well done to everybody on the show. So, um, my hat's off to everybody who works on the show on a, on a daily basis because they put their hearts and souls into it. Um, what a way to end though. I, I love the ending of this, this episode. Um, it's, it's powerful and, and, um, emotional. Um, so congrats to everybody who, who, you know, worked on that. Anyway, that's, uh, that's it for me. Oh, they're showing, uh, what's coming next week. Uh, that's not going to be good. Anyway, I will s- not see you, but you will hear me next week. Um, hopefully we can get some guests on this thing, but, uh, it would only be via the phone. Anyway, um, talk to you guys soon. And uh, that's me, and be safe.